Welcome to another episode of DGen Dads Podcast. It is your host here, Kyle Wilson, and co-host Chris Coffee in the house. What's going on, my man? Hey, Kyle. Doing great, man. Uh, still fighting off a sinus infection, but overall, feeling pretty good. It's been an up and down, up and down week. Yeah, sinus infections are no bueno. I just actually had one a few weeks ago, or at least it almost was one, and then it was not one. And I'm I'm very lucky to not have gotten one. So, anyways, I know you're you're. Uh, hopefully, you get better soon. But we have a lot of topics to cover and dive into today. So let's just go ahead and hop right into it. First, we have Vivi with their community update announcement. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Of course, McFarlane is dropping some iconic, um, you know, characters over there. And Bane, one of the first, you know, uh, villains on the Polygon blockchain for DC, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Then you have other collectible platforms doing things. You have the SEC going crazy everywhere, you know, swinging around their big stick of the law, <laughs> like hitting everybody, slapping everybody with it. Um, you have all kinds of, we're going to get into it all. Poly, we got scammers. Hucksters, fraudsters, and a new, uh, uh, a new business model. A new business model for Web three uh, that El Salvador's implementing too, as well. Crazy. So El Salvador is just really with it, man. Um, they've they done are. a great job recently, and and just implementing, you know, obviously crypto, Bitcoin, and all the above. So a shout out to such a small country representing so much, man. It is always cool to see that. Uh, but without further ado, let's jump into these topics. We have the VV community update. I don't know if you were able to catch that, Chris. Uh, did you happen to get a glimpse of that? I, I got exactly that. I got a glimpse of it because I joined towards the ends, and I, I might have got the last 15 minutes, and there was absolutely like nothing. I, I, there was nothing in that 15 minutes. And from what I've heard, it just wasn't a very like needed or substantial um, community update. So I just never bothered going back and listening to the first part. But how about you? Yeah, I listened to uh, the last few minutes of it. You know, I heard there was a little bit of alpha in there. I actually missed the update live. So I went back and listened to a couple of minutes and then I listened to the beginning. Um, and it's kind of just more the same. I think the alpha from the entire space was that uh, now it seems like they have multiple teams instead of just like one team. So maybe Mitch has scaled up their back end teams. Um, whether that is that they just outsource the teams completely, or I don't know if they actually have these in-house teams. They might have firms, which is pretty common in the software space, to develop your your software or app. And so I kind of speculate that that's what's happening. But overall, it seems like from the sentiment I've seen through a lot of the content creators I've covered this, is that it was kind of just a little bit of a dud. So yeah. uh, that's kind of the community update sentiment that I've gotten from the community, not me, from the community and that's where I, I get a lot of news and alpha and i just kind of you know sh basically say it out loud for you guys on on the stream and in the videos um and things like that so anyways that's a little bit of vv updates there they're still dropping some um you know really good collectibles uh you know and all that good stuff i haven't been really too active on that end i will go for kind of the larger grails every so often but uh in general um, I've been really excited about what's going on just in the general space as a whole. You know, Ordinals is still doing some things. They're about to pass. What was it, Chris? Uh, 21, 20, 21 million uh, 21 million inscriptions. How can you actually, uh, how can you track that? Is there is there some kind of plug there? 
Yeah, man, as a plug, uh, Ninja Alerts actually tracks the amount of uh, inscriptions that there are uh, in real time. It's the fastest tool to do so. And that's also the Web3 company that I work for. So awesome, man. Check out. And- oh, and, and Ninja Alerts is like free to use now for like, I mean, obviously, if you have the if you have the NFT and uh, upcoming, if you're going to have the ordinal, you have a lot of extra perks. But for if you just want to go track some wallets and enjoy like uh, being able to use that and look at it, it's actually free to use now. That's pretty sick. So there's just a lot of innovation going around in the space. I'm getting a lot of good vibes from the gaming community once again. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of like, you know, people getting rehyped on, on Web3 gaming, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Cryptoys releasing their mini game, yeah. which is really cool. McFarlane has the band drop. Chris, are you going for the band drop? What's your thoughts on this whole thing? Yeah, I wanted to go for it, but I've honestly just been so incredibly busy that I'm not too sure if I'm going to... It's probably too late now. I don't know. I guess you can answer that. I've done a poor job with keeping up with the requirements. I know you need a certain amount of XP, like 3,000 or 4,000 XP that you get from the app. Is it too late? Like, if I started today to get that? No, I think it's only 400, and you can literally just spam and go into people's showrooms. I don't think they even have that cap, so it's a little bit of alpha there. I think next time they're going to cap it is what Trevor said, so you can literally okay. just go in, go in, load the app, and visit a few showrooms and like kind of game, game that XP a little bit there. And then, of course, yeah, if you own collectibles, you're obviously going to get a boost there. Um, so, yeah, just all around pretty exciting in terms of their XP system. It's nice to see that um, how this is actually being, you know, functionable and it's already working this early on and to see how they'll develop this uh, XP system as time goes on. And of course it resets after every like quote unquote season or whatever, um, however they kind of, you know, dubbed it. But um, with that being said, Cryptoys is doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of some stuff on the side as well with their mini games, which a lot of people don't know, this was always their kind of vision. They've always wanted to implement AI and do mini games with their platform um, from years ago. So this is pretty cool to see this finally come to fruition. Um, were you able to get in there, Chris? I'm not sure if you were able to get that that access, I, but I didn't have the uh, w- the OG toy that you needed to get it. Yeah, so you just need like one of their OG OpenSea style, you know, um, yeah. actual NFTs. It looks like a, it, you know, they kind of look like. I don't know. It's like old school. It's kind of like a throwback. I have like a cat looking character. It's pixelated. Mm. So it's kind of that nod, I think, to the old school, you know, NFTs from back in the day, uh, which is pretty cool. You know, so you what's can the name of the up. collection? I think it's just called OG Cryptoys. I think that's literally what it's called. It's, um, on, it's on ETH. I should know this, but I don't. It's on ETH. I think so. Yeah. So are they going to you think this is like alpha, like they're going to consistently reward? The, um, you know, they could, you know, I don't know how much they'll go with it because they are more of like, you know, they have brands and things like that. I don't, it's yeah. not like, so I don't know how far they'll go with this utility, but it is cool to see them still provide that utility. Um, and it's exactly what they've delivered on, uh, you know, through the description of the these like OG classic, you know, NFTs, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the gamification is obviously for their. Oh, here is Cryptoys. I was looking for the Cryptoys Classic, but the gamification is for their actual collectibles and their IP. So I could see them constantly rewarding their own IP with through the Genesis. Yeah, that's pretty cool, and it doesn't have to be like obviously monetary. It can be like you know early access to those games. So I think that's really cool. And in the games, I think they said that you'll be able to use your own collectibles in those little spaceships. So you'll be able to like swap out characters mm-hmm. and play in game with your characters. It's just kind of fun. 
and keeps people engaged in the platform. And, you know, I'm a big fan of sticky experiences. You know, I, I do believe you need games in your ecosystem in the NFT space if you really want to go to that next level. And I think that's what a lot of kind of like P- regular just playing PFP picture uh, projects are kind of missing is that kind of sticky experience. You don't necessarily need a game, but you you need some kind of system, whether if you're a music, you know, NFT platform, then you might want to integrate that with uh, other platforms. Like I see Spotify trying to kind of do this as well. Um, and I see, you know, sound.xyz really pop off. Um, so I can see those interesting platforms, but not to get on a rant. There's so much we need to cover um, aside from the, well, all of that. Well, side plug too. Uh, you mentioned uh, music and I don't know if you saw, but Hugo Labs just acquired Aurora Studios. I don't really know the details of that, but essentially it's a production company that makes music and Hugo Labs or Board Ape Yacht Club just acquired them. Wow, what a segue, man. That was like OG, triple OG. Like, <laughs> that was a content creator segue if I've ever seen Ew. it. But uh, yeah, Yuka looks like they bought a studio. So it's pretty exciting to see them. Um, Chris, I saw you comment on, I think their post that was like, you know, AO, like uh, concerts, you know, maybe soon or whatever concerts confirmed. Is that what you're thinking with this acquisition? Yeah, you know, again, I haven't really looked into it that much. That was my initial thought though is, I mean... They've already had like a basic concert with Snoop Dogg and Eminem. So I could totally see like the plots of land hosting these uh, famous musicians. And it's, they kind of refer to it as like, you know, if you have inside la- land, maybe you can get like a front row seat. And then like the further out it gets, the further away you are, you know, whatever. But I could see it being something like that. But it's just speculation at that point. I, I honestly just haven't looked into Roar Studios. Yeah, I think you're kind of on the spot there. We could see that. We could see even independent musicians really take off. Maybe it's Yuga Labs really wanting to have that kind of uh, incubator for musicians. I've seen this with even MasterCard. They actually have their music accelerator for exactly that, where it's up-and-coming artists that have their own fan bases built around them using Web3 technology. So if you hold one of their NFTs, you can go to in-person events or you can get some of their songs and just be able to get those in their NFT songs and be able to listen to them. And it's kind of that immersive experience. And that's what a lot of people that maybe don't understand NFTs really should start to understand the technology because it just allows for your, your fan base to be more immersed into what you're already excited about. So like, obviously like the IP platforms like Vivi and, you know, McFarlane that are producing these NFTs, they're having showrooms and experiences to like further engage um, and have that kind of sticky experience, if you will. So that's kind of what it's all about in the space. Uh, Speaking of which Ducati is launching their Web3, they're they're launching into Web3 with their first NFTs, which are going to be digital collectibles uh, over on XRP. Chris, did you happen to sign up, be able to sign up for that? I did not, no. So that one is, it looks like a company that launched Lambos NFTs, that Web3 Pro company. Um, so that's kind of interesting. What's your thoughts on the XRP as the uh, platform of choice for the NFTs, or blockchain rather? I just don't use it. And <laughs> I'm not sure how many people do. You know, like obviously people, like XRP is a huge thing because the whole court case and the token, but... I personally don't follow a lot of builders on XRP. I mean, I know they're out there, but. Yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of Cardano in, in a sense where 
you do have holders that are like super excited on the token side. But like you said, I, as far as the builder side of NFTs, I've seen it in the last like, you know, kind of bull run. I did see at the very end, XRP NFTs tried, people tried to hype them up at the very end. And then the kind of bull market died. So I do think that there could be a solid community in the future, though, with XRP NFTs. I'm going to go ahead and try to get these digital collectibles just for fun um, and kind of just to, I guess, immerse myself in the process of like yeah. learning XRP because I haven't had an XRP wallet in like two. Like I only I think I downloaded it like in 2017. Wow. And I did and I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even use it. It was like, I, I, you know, back then XRP was like pennies on the dollar. Um, and I knew I should have bought a big bag because hindsight, you know, I could have been rich, but you know, it's all, it's all bueno or could have had a big <laughs> bag of it. Um, but it is what it is. I, I, we're here now and it's a good time to learn. And I'm always about learning, even if XRP may not, may or may not be my favorite blockchain, but I'm going to go ahead and get my, my learning in. Lots of woulda, coulda, shouldas. Uh, and yeah, I'm a fan of, if I think that a blockchain is going to be around for a while, I'm a fan of trying to expose myself like a little bit. Like I did that with a couple, like I did that with Avalanche. Like I have like a couple of AVAX NFTs. Um, I have a couple of, I have like one NFT on Arbitrum. Um, I have, obviously I have like ETH, Solana, um, Ordinals, like all those. But like, if I like really see the longevity of a blockchain, just to get some exposure there, I'll like try to like, you know, go for one thing. So I could see myself going for something like that. I'm just, I am, I'm not the least bit exposed to XRP besides like the court case and the token itself. Um, but as far as like the community or whoever's building, I, I have no idea. Would you have? Did you uh, have any exposure to Baldcoin? I heard Baldcoin yeah. was launched allegedly by Sam Bateman Freed, which was the founder of Collapsed FTX, that you know obviously lost billions of dollars of yeah. money of people's money, and he supposedly launched a you know SHIT coin uh, just a few days ago. What's your thoughts on that, man? I don't think SBS actually involved. Um... You know, allegedly he is. I'm very exposed to Hex, which we can talk about that later. Um, but yeah, Baldcoin, I did see that whoever was one of the devs or one of the founders uh, told people that he didn't sell. He's like, I didn't sell any of my tokens. And come to find out, he like swapped them for ETH. And he considered that not selling because, you know, he didn't sell <laughs> them for cash. He swapped them for Ethereum. So, you know, that's totally different. And like he pulled a ton of liquid out to do that. It's so silly, man. Oh man, there! <laughs> I can't even like that. That statement just cracks me up. That that's kind of the character we're dealing with here with SPF. But um, yeah. Anyways, moving on to another huckster here, Polly, uh, would oh, allegedly yeah. you know he's a big huckster allegedly. Um, you know, with pumping all these coins, selling them, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff that probably isn't legal. It you know I don't know. I'm not I'm not an expert at the law. But he suffered a big loss against Basie, a big lawsuit. Um, he had a tweet about it. That wasn't really received very well in the crypto space. So Pauly, again, is, is he taking both a financial L, a lawsuit L, and a, and a actual social currency in terms of Twitter or X now? Is he taking a, just an L all around? What's your thoughts on this situation? Bro, I think Pauly is an L, just period. Uh, did you see last week uh, he launched a token probably using chat GPT and himself. He did this intentionally where if you traded outside of the site that he specified to trade on, which is his like one of his sites or whatever, 
that anyone could trade anybody's tokens. So like if you held like $1,000 worth of this token, I could actually send it out of your wallet to my wallet. But then somebody could send it from my wallet to their wallet. And it was just one big game. So people lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in a matter of seconds. And then people will gain hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they literally kept on doing that until uh, the liquidity in that pool got to zero. And Pauly launched it and was basically just uh, started gaslighting everybody. Like, you idiots, you should have listened to me. Uh, I told you to trade on my site, not the other site. <laughs> and, but That's the crazy. But the functionality literally was programmed to allow anyone to send anyone's tokens out of their wallet. It's insane, man, to get away with that. But yeah, Polly, man, I, I've i been against Polly since like the original whole uh, Basie dispute. I wasn't even against like the allegations towards Basie. I was like, you know, you have the right to have allegations, whatever. But like he started going up on spaces and like threatening to dox people, threatening to hack people, um, threatening to like ruin their lives via like acting like he's part of anonymous or whatever um i was just never big on that and like literally he just gaslights everybody like that that's like his reputation right now is like just does really screwed up stuff and gaslights like another thing he did you probably saw this in the middle of like this mini uh meme coin bull market that we had where everybody was like making pepe gains um people started launching tokens you know and he built up a hype around you get nothing dot eth like he was going to do something like he's putting like a purple square kind of like uh eth ben's like orange square um and like acting like like he would he would say like you're not going to get anything you know but like he kind of made it feel like well just wait you know because because there's a lot of things in crypto like that like it might say you're not going to get something but you actually do so technically he didn't tell people to send eth this way but anyways he raised a ton of money from that ens you get nothing dot eth and he never did anything at all but he, he kind of yeah, like which is which was my prediction. People were sending him money thinking he was going to launch a token, and I warned against that. I was like, he's literally probably not going to do anything. Um, and it sounds like that's exactly what happened. But um, you can, you know, warn people, and, you know, people just don't listen. But it is what it is, man. Um, so next up here, yeah, Polly, yeah, interesting character, man. It's just, like, one of the things, like, that prevents, like, probably mainstream adoption of crypto is, like, people like him that just do stuff like that, in my opinion. I mean, I'd, I'm not a big fan of the guy. Um, anyways, let's move on to the next one here. Coinbase. He's going to take a huge L. He's going to take a huge L, though. I'll say that right now. Like, I, I, I don't remember the exact number, but I think um, I think Hugo paid like 20 million plus in legal fees already. And if Polly, they've pretty much already lost. And again, I'm not obviously not a lawyer or involved in this at all. What I've read is like at the end of it, if like they if they do lose everything, then they're going to have to cover those legal fees as well. Um, and that's just the legal fees, despite everything else. So he's going to have to use all this money he stole from people to help pay it off. And I think that, I think that's his game plan. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, man. And yeah, it's just. It's kind of like, you know, the good guy or the bad guys win a lot in this space. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of nice. I don't want to say it's nice because it's not nice for anything to happen like that. It's just all around just not good to see you. Let's just move on to the next topic. All right, let's get let's let's add in a little bit of positivity. We'll sprinkle a little bit on it. Is Coinbase looking to add Bitcoin lightning payments? Bitcoin um, is kind of just at a point in crossroads in history at a moment where now we're approaching the having, you know, the BlackRock ETF. All the ETFs look like they may be getting approved by end of year. 
of Coinbase looking to add Bitcoin Lightning payments. Jack Dorsey replied to this and said he's interested. MicroStrategy is buying more Bitcoin allegedly and reportedly. And the SEC tried to even force Coinbase last, I think it was last year or whenever, or maybe this was a couple of years ago, tried to get Coinbase to delist every single token but BTC. So I thought that was a little interesting note to mention there. Uh, but that came to light just recently, just a couple of days ago. But anything, but just in general, Bitcoin is kind of front and center and will probably be front and center for a while, um, you know, for obvious reasons, for everything all the above. So uh, what's your thoughts on this Bitcoin Lightning Network, um, everything going on with Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, I'm hyper bullish on Bitcoin. Um, the longer I'm in crypto, the more like I understand why it's like the king of crypto, D- despite it like starting everything else. Like it just it all makes sense uh, to me more and more uh, as far as the lightning payments go. So lightning transactions is basically for those watching that don't know is like a, it's a very fast transaction. So like if Kyle wanted to buy a cup of coffee from me right now, um, he we would do a, a lightning transaction and it would happen within a minute and I would get the money and then I could send him the coffee and the fees are minimal. Uh, that being said, I don't really understand how that's going to be integrated in Coinbase. Like, I guess maybe you can buy um, other crypto via Lightning. I, I don't know. Like, I, was, I don't know what to be the difference between just like swapping your Bitcoin for something or like using a Lightning payment as a form of payment. Um, I don't know. Do you, does that make sense to you? Like why I, I don't get how it's going to be yeah, integrated. I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it probably, I don't know if it's Coinbase trying to penetrate the market in at a deeper level where it's like PayPal or square where they're like, okay, we want to be the actual um, providers of that, like the setup and everything. And we'll, we'll take a small transaction fee and we'll provide you with the either a lightning node or whatever, or the support to launch this, you know, facilitate this i don't know i don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to implement it implement it if it's just going to be a proof of sale like you know little package for companies uh to integrate to help integrate it um maybe they do that i don't know that's a good question and even brian said you know brian armstrong the ceo of coinbase said they're looking for the best way forward so it doesn't seem like they have um everything figured out just yet they're just trying to figure it out as well um, but just based on like BlackRock is using them as an actual, uh, so, uh, what was it, a uh, custodian or something like that of Bitcoin, it, it just seems like it's going to progress a lot faster. And now, even though Lightning's been around for a long time, um, Lightning's kind of like a layer two, essentially, of Bitcoin. It, it, it's kind of how it works. Um, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily sold on it. I mean, I'm excited that it'll help with the adoption of Bitcoin. Um, I, there's a lot of mixed opinions out there. I originally wasn't a fan, but I could see the value in it being like a lower cost in transaction. Um, It's just that you don't actually, like when you're sending the Bitcoin back and forth, um, it's not like you actually own those Bitcoins until it's settled on the main Bitcoin, uh, like layer one. So it's in that regard, it's kind of like a layer two. So um, that's kind of how it works. But um, nonetheless, Bitcoin adoption, that's good for the entire space. So that's exciting. Yeah, and that it kind of goes to we have this topic in there too. I don't, I still don't fully understand this process, but one of the bigger NFT projects is still building in the space is the Plague NFT. Uh, voice cracked a little bit. Uh, the the founder is Pons, and uh, he, he's pretty well known in the NFT space. He's working with the government of El Salvador to integrate a 
which this is relevant to me, and I'll get into that in a second. It's called Making Coffee. And uh, this is like uh, 30 minutes worth of videos you have to watch to like kind of understand it. I'm just like kind of looking at the pictures right now and the uh, model. But from what like my understanding is, like trying to grasp it is, there's not going to be a need for a... I'm, I'm looking at this, that's why I'm not looking at you. There's not going to be a need for like a bank to fund it. They're working with El Salvador, so it's literally going to be like built on Bitcoin, which is pretty cool. Um, and so there's not going to be like any banks involved. Uh, I think a lot of the times you buy it, it's going to be through like a swap, which uh, I want to talk about Uniswap in a bit. It's not going to be Uniswap, it's going to be another swap. So I think it's going to be actually their swap, WinSwap. And um, obviously like holders of maybe not uh this nft particularly uh i think it's i think it's win utility maybe but holders of this might get like a permanent discount on the coffee they actually want to make this like more than just like a like coffee roasting though they want to make this like they want to open up a supply chain of coffee stores funded by bitcoin or like built on bitcoin that are like decentralized um I don't understand all the nitty gritty yet. Uh, I really, it just dropped last night. I haven't really had time to look into it. I actually put my name out there and I said, Hey, if you guys need a coffee roaster, hit me up. And the founder said he would. Um, so I'm pretty excited, you know, maybe to be involved with that. Uh, but you know, just a, something really cool that's being built in the space right now. Yeah. The innovation on Bitcoin is just really popping off. I think we're just seeing the beginning days of a kind of revolution of, of really innovation on Bitcoin. We haven't seen that in years on Bitcoin. So, you know, lightning that was talked about like way back then, if you like a few years ago, and it's just now again, starting to like bring, come to light again, but just what, what's happened with ordinals. And we talked about this quite a bit in the early days of ordinals is just the future of Bitcoin. Like, yeah. You know, I was like, I remember like our first episode, I was like, oh, this could, it could be years. Now now it's like, dude, it's the same year. Like crazy, this is man. how fast the innovation is starting to happen. And of course, even Twitter or X has Strike already integrated into uh, the tips on their platform. So again, um, I think we're just going to see this progress more and more, man. I think this is going to have an absolutely positive impact on the price, not financial advice, a Bitcoin um, so yeah, the future is bright and if Bitcoin really generates a lot of hype and excitement and all that good stuff, it's only going to benefit the rest of the space. And, um, you know, there's going to be those big or like niches of coins that are going to do really, really well this next bull run. Um, but what, yeah. what coin it may not be. Wait, hold on, hold on. I, I want to yeah, talk, yeah, talk about Bitcoin real quick. So my other job uh, that I have is we are a, uh, Basically, we fund businesses that are building on Bitcoin. And uh, I just want to give a shout out. So I did. I edited like over 10 videos uh, that we took working with these businesses that have already started funding. And I don't know everything I'm allowed to say, so I'll try to keep it short. But like, dude, there's some really cool things being built on Bitcoin. I'll say one of them. Uh, this out, uh, Kyle, this interests you particularly. It's called Force Prime. It's essentially the first... Uh, segue to allow people to be able to build games on bitcoin and play games on bitcoin just by a sign-in so like when you sign in it does all the back end of generating your wallet and all that fun stuff similar to imx without you actually having to like you know build a metamask or a, or a, for bitcoin's sake let's say like an xverse wallet or whatever and um it also does all of this with like one line of code um and the, you know there's things like that uh other other companies that we're working with are also doing really cool things like um 
like uh, building bridges. Uh, it's actually called NFT bridges, building bridges from like Ethereum to Bitcoin just seamlessly uh, and able to like track every place that it was before that. Uh, really cool. Um, Bitcoin stable swaps. Like there's so many cool things being built on Bitcoin right now, uh, which just makes me ultra bullish for the future of Bitcoin. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I covered Force Prime and uh, Paul Barron Substack uh before as well so they're i i follow like just web3 gaming in general i yeah. follow it so closely man so uh, cool, I, man. i'm excited to see yeah i'm excited to see uh, bitcoin based web3 games and people are like oh well, like you can't build a game on bitcoin itself well, i'm like well i know but like the ecosystem in general will be around centered around bitcoin but to me that matters because that shows that like you know, the adoption could be have a positive impact on Bitcoin, whether it's through stacks, whether it's through whatever, like it's all going to be built on that Bitcoin ecosystem. And I, I don't know, to me, that's exciting because, again, we're so early. I think people judge so quickly, so fast. And like, it's like we're obviously early, man. Like, yeah, hold your horses. Just wait another five or 10 years and you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh, let's move on to the next one. What coin may not be in the next uh, run is <laughs> is Hex, man. Uh, I know you were into this. Uh, Richard Hart is currently being sued by the SEC, uh, and you know they allege that, of course, Richard Hart is not only created a security, but he used allegedly some of these funds to twelve million dollars worth of funds to consumer funds to buy luxury items what's your thoughts on this whole situation i saw you did a video on it i i didn't get to, to watch it because i've been like insanely busy this past day or two uh but let's fill fill us everybody in on on the situation and and kind of your thoughts on it so that video actually got like 160,000 views on twitter i don't know if you saw that like it, it blew up i saw on you post about it yeah, yeah 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 i saw that um and i got invited to mario narwhal spaces uh to talk about it but i declined aka didn't respond which in hindsight i guess i should have um yeah i have a lot of opinions on it so first off i like i'm a pretty big hex holder man like it's probably like in my top six or seven bags i would say like if i had to go in order of like my biggest bags so i have a lot of money in hex and i'm sorry i think so the SEC's allegations are based on like two things. Uh, one is that Richard Hart uh, basically used $12 million of investors' funds. I don't think that's true, and I think it can be proven on chain. And I, I think it's more of if it's anything, they're grabbing at straws, and it could have been like an accounting error. And you might be thinking, wow, $12 million in accounting error? If Richard Hart has as much money as he says he has, he literally has multi-billions of dollars. So if it was something like with an accounting error or something like that, he could literally say, "Oh, I'm sorry, this was an over, this was an oversight. Here's twelve million dollars, like, and just fork it up just like that." I don't think that part is a big deal at all, and I actually think that ultimately that part is going to bring more exposure to Hex than it is like more like let's say FUD to Hex. The other part is something that I would be a little bit more concerned on. And I'm just, but in general, I'm concerned on this with like any token is like, is it a security? The reason Hex concerns me a little bit more, I'm not a lawyer, this is just what I've heard, is he does claim, he has claimed publicly of for Hex to be a certificate of deposit. And the main utility for Hex from an outsider's perspective um, would be like a yield, essentially. Like you deposit it here, you don't touch your money for a certain amount of time, and then that money becomes more money. 
So I could see that being a case towards a security. I don't know. That's not my field as far as like the legal perspective goes. I would be more concerned with that. Um, so that's kind of what's happening. Uh, ultimately, I think the first thing is just kind of like a slap on the wrist. I don't think it's a big deal. If it's a security or not, that's a bigger thing. Um, I think that's just a question we have with a lot of tokens. and We might see a whole another XRP case around this. I really don't think Richard Hart used the funds to buy luxury goods. I think he's a billionaire and he used his own funds. Um, so I think it's kind of silly as well. I also think it's it's ironic that most of the people that have a problem with Richard Hart and the Hex, apparently all these people losing money are the people that don't have money in Hex. It's all the outsiders. Um, so if you actually go to the Hex community, they're actually like, they're pretty big, man. Like the Hex community is is large uh, relatively. So the fact that like all of them are standing together saying, look, we believe in Richard Hart. Um, we're, we don't feel like we've been screwed. Uh, the whole typical like name one victim because like we knew what we were getting into. Like I do agree with a lot of that because like it's just ironic for people who have no stake in it to be the ones that saying, oh, you're hurting investors. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, just situation all around. I, I I I don't know. Like for me, I'm just like he he knew what he was launching. He knew that at some point, you know, if Hex was had the amount of publicity and success as it kind of did already, as you mentioned that the community is pretty big, uh, despite what people think like that. It's called the hexagons is what they call. Um, I think that he kind of knew that this was going to come. And so maybe he's using this as like one of those Trump situations where like any publicity is good publicity. Cause look what happened to ripple. Ripple has stayed in the public spotlight for years because of their, because their yeah. lawsuit. And as soon as they had a positive summary judgment, the token exploded. Um, so I don't want to, I'm not, I'm on kind of the opposite end of Chris. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm not a fan currently, um, but I'm always willing to change my mind. I never want to, let my hubris fool myself in terms of like, you know, Oh, is it, could it be, I just don't like Richard Hart is why I don't like hex. Um, you know, maybe it's cause like he dresses a certain way, but I'm like, I don't want my hubris to get in the way of like all of that be, with that being said. So well, there's a lot to think through. We're still early regulation still needs to play out. Um, so I, I'm not a lawyer either. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see how this plays out. And, uh, you know, if, one thing is for sure, I, I'm for crypto and I, I like crypto. I like decentralization uh, for the most part, um, you know, in terms of my finances, I, I like it. I think it's a great technology. I don't think decentralization is for everything in society, but um, in some cases it's really great. And I, I don't like to see like centralization in terms of too much governance, oversight and all this other stuff that we're seeing. That's kind of like what's wrong with current society in general. So that's kind of my yeah. final thoughts on that. So, so a couple things, what you said, one, is this a publicity stunt? It absolutely could be because he actually has a movie coming out very soon. So like all and, this and get into that, get into that Uniswap too. I, like, I, I will in a bit. But like the movie they've been working on for like two years now, and it's just about to drop and all of this happens. Like, what are the odds of that? I think it's called the highest of stakes or the highest stake. Uh, I don't know exactly when it drops, but I feel like that timing is pretty impeccable. Uh, two, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a Richard Hart fan. He kind of annoys me, honestly. He's uh, he's a little bit too conceited. Um, and like, obviously, like the the... He argues, and some Hexagons argue, that the flamboyant lifestyle is a marketing technique, which makes sense. So essentially, he's buying these Gucci bags and these all this other stuff. So people post memes about it, and people talk about it like you and I, and it ultimately brings publicity back to Hex and the whole, like, any publicity is good publicity. 
I'm not the biggest fan of it. I am a fan of the community. I think they're they're strong. A lot of them are very smart. A lot of them are building, like like actually building like really cool stuff. So like I am a fan of the community. I don't want to see any community suffer. Particularly, don't want to see a community suffer just for the actions of like one person. Uh, I mean, ultimately, if like I think a huge question would be like if Richard Hart went to jail for the rest of his life, which I hope does not happen. You know, would Hex and the Pulse and Pulse X community still thrive? I would hope that they could. And the token could still thrive and that it's independent of Richard Hart. But I guess the only way to find out is, you know, we'll see the future. So a big part of what you said. And what, that's kind of what happened with Luna Classic as you kind of hit a little pinpoint on the wider crypto industry. I saw the community take that uh, token over and, it, and they're still kind of going and doing their own thing now. I actually didn't see that thing. Yeah, I mean, that's good that they did that. And that's happened with some NFT projects too, like uh, Sartoshi. Uh, like the end of Sartoshi, or the, uh, what are they called? Uh, MFers. Uh, the the founder essentially left, but the uh, community, you know, led it on. So back to decentralization, this is very interesting, uh, revolving around Hex as well. Uh, Uniswap is a, so is a supposed DEX tool. This means a decentralized swap exchange to where you're able to swap one crypto for another. They actually ended up blocking Hex on their front end, meaning 99% of people will not be able to swap it. What this means is if you go to Uniswap right now and you try to trade, you try to swap your Ethereum for Hex, it's going to say it's not tradable. The reason it's like technically still tradable is you can go into the back end and input all the numbers that you need to input, essentially code. Like you, you pretty much have to have a basic level, level understanding of code in order to get it to work on the back end. And then you could swap it manually from there. I do not agree with this at all because that's one of those things like it's like fine print like yeah we're technically decentralized but if like 99% of people like can't like I mean they technically could but like more than likely would not be able to or not have the time to figure it out how to do that can you really claim that you're a decentralized exchange you know like I don't know that's a weird thing for me what's your opinion on that yeah, I to me it's like maybe they're trying to get out ahead of this thing. Um, they are, I guess, on like Apple. Um, I don't know if you. I guess you can swap on there. I don't know. There's like it's weird to see swaps on like these apps before regulation. But I guess they are. I guess that there's like a loophole in that because you're not technically buying. You're just swapping. But with that being said, yeah, it is weird. Uh, it's a Dex. It's supposed to be a Dex. It doesn't set a very good precedence. You know, even if you're not a fan of Hex. Um, so it is kind of weird, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I be- feel about this one. Mixed feelings. Um, I don't, it, it doesn't really boat, like it doesn't want to digest very well with me here. Um, even though I'm like not really big on into hex like that. Um, it just doesn't bode well because I mean, maybe this could be a good opportunity for another Dex to pop up or like sushi to say, Hey, you know, we are against the standard. Cause that's what happens a lot is like one, platform will do something like stupid or like centralized and then another platform will say well we got better features and maybe like another platform will will kind of pop up or like sushi swap or somebody else but the uniswap is, is obviously one of the biggest uh dexes out there but uh yeah this is uh this was a weird one for sure um even for uniswap so uh yeah it doesn't digest well for me it kind of reminds me like decentralization is like supposed to be for everyone you know It reminds me of like, hey, everybody, let's throw this big decentralized party. You know, like everyone who loves decentralization can come. And then you show up at the party and they hand you this like 
seven by seven Rubik's cube. And they're like, oh, well, we invited everyone, but you have to solve this in order to come in. You know, if, if that's the case, did you really invite everyone, you know, or is it only the people who are able to solve the, the cube that are able to come in? Uh, I'm not about this at all. And I don't think people who are about decentralization should be celebrating this. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. It's like we're we're here to bank the unbanked or yeah, bank the unbanked and like give power to the people, except uh, you know, only the people that know how to like like you said, solve the problem or be smart enough to get in the door. Um so yeah, it's just it's just weird. But anyways, it boils um, that, it, it boils down to to what you said earlier, to like not liking Richard Hart. Like their their dislike for Richard Hart hovers over their love for decentralization. Like like that that's all it is to it. Yeah, so I'm curious what the viewers out there and listeners think of that um, because there's just a lot to think about. It's like I know some people are making pre-assumptions or pre-judgments, but if you do think about it like we just extrapolated on, maybe that gives you a little more insight into kind of the reality of what's going on there. But yeah, let's move on to the next one here. We have what I think in terms we have a little bit of AI news, and we always like to we always like to add in AI because it's not going away. It's going to progress, obviously. We've seen WorldCoin launch. They're getting probed by Kenya and Germany, apparently, over privacy concerns and all that good stuff, uh, allegedly and reportedly. So, um, But I, this one is interesting to me in terms there's a YouTuber, apparently, that wants to clone himself of an AI and have that produce content for him. Um, is I, I know we talked about it, Chris, like on the back end, not like live on air, but like, what's your thoughts of this? Could this be the future of content creation? And will platforms kind of regulate this to where you can't do that? What What's kind of the future of this, man? Yeah, it all goes back to that Black Mirror episode that I keep referring to that you need to watch. Jonah's awful because in that episode, spoiler alert, even though it's been out for like two months, they, they uh, approve their AI likeness and then they hook up their likeness to a quantum computer and it basically makes 24-7 content based off their likeness. But it gets to the point to where like, what's uh you kind of like signed off rights you didn't know about now this is like a very dystopia view you almost signed off like uh you know rights that you didn't really know about and it starts portraying you in a really bad light well why would it do that well that's because like negativity sells more you know the positivity and i think that's still true i think that's not even dystopia that's like true in today's world like why do you think like news reports all bad things and not just all good things it's like that sells more you know so you could very well see your AI likeness start doing some things that you're kind of uncomfortable about, but like, you know, you kind of signed off at that point. So what can you do? You know, even the best lawyers can't help you at that point. I know this is a very like dystopian viewpoint of it, but that's one thing I'd be scared of is at the end of the day, like my image is, is important to me and like who I am. But give us, give us, give us a, a other flip side of it though. Like what if you didn't sign away the rights? What if mm -hmm. you, what if it's just like a good scenario here for content creators? What would you be doing right now in your shoes if you knew this this was the future? Would you be trying to like grow a following? What, like, how do you see this playing out in a more positive outlook on the flip side? I would probably take the most viral topics in the world uh, that attract retention, and I would get my AI likeness to stream those topics twenty four seven. That's what I probably do, or just constantly spit out uh, videos. But I mean, the stream essentially. I'm trying to think of what's viral right now. Um, like as far as like, I mean, you could take you could take sports. Like my AI, my AI likeness could be uh, reacting to professional basketball games. 
professional football games, professional baseball games, uh, you know, like, all at the same time, you know, like, wow, you know, home run, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever. But like, you know, and that, that's just right, a random, so random example. But let me let me ask you this. Like, with that being said, though, is it kind of too? So I've had a lot of deep thoughts about this and the future of content creation. And my thoughts is, is it going to be an arms race for content creators to have a large enough following? Um, because again, if this is going to be accessible to a lot of people, um, even if it's not, you're still going to have like the larger people that can afford it, um, you know, use tools like these. So is it going to be an arms race to have a, a lot of subscribers to the point where you can actually get your content out there so you're not competing? Because it's like, to me, I see this with Twitch already. Twitch is already so, so big and you only have like the top 1% of streamers actually making money like to where they can live. Or I don't know what the exact percentage is, but it's like the top percentage is like the elite. And that, those are like the only people that can actually live off of like Twitch subs and all that Twitch follows. Um, and I feel like we could see something similar play out on YouTube. I know it'll create opportunities early for early adopters, um, for sure, but as time goes on, will this become like a Twitch situation where it's just the elites that are using these tools that can afford it? What's your thoughts on that? I think it's going to be too oversaturated for like literally pretty much anyone. Um, and especially it's going to be hard for like what we do uh, because I feel like the easiest way to replicate is going to be like talking head videos. But like AI is like infinitely away from from mimicking a Mr. Beast video, like from recreating their own Mr. Beast video, you know? Uh, so I don't think people like that have really anything to worry about, nor can they really outsource them, their content to AI. I think it would be more so like uh, Mr. Beast is a good example. I think it's going to look more so like this, like he'll have his main channel that he runs all the stuff on. And he already has a lot of other channels like Mr. Beast reacts. Like maybe he could, you know, sign off his likeness to like continue to run that Mr. Beast reacts channel to where they watch, random crazy videos and just make faces and react and have the editors do the rest i, I think that's more of a possibility why but, don't we have a why don't we have a dj dad's reacts <laughs> i mean hey man it's, it sells on youtube but yeah i think i think that type of stuff we'll just um, react to cavell videos yeah i mean cavell react <laughs> yeah cavell that's his videos his reaction videos now he does well he i but, think he actually he has a couple youtube channels he does reacts on like all of his videos all of his channels so he, I mean, he's got a lot of experience with it. It works apparently. I still feel like we're further away from, and I might eat my words on this, uh, from being able to replicate certain things than we feel like we are. Like I know we're in stage one AI, um, or like stage two, whatever. But just from like, let, let's take myself and you. Like I still think we're far ways away from AI scanning all the newest information on the NFT, crypto, and AI news selecting what will what people want to hear the most and what is the most interesting and then being able to broadcast that in a digestible and entertaining way with excitement expressions questions and all of that uh for a video you know i i some people are like oh bro we're gonna be there next year i no way like i, I really think like we're like five ten years out uh from seeing that if not further um, you know, right now, even like AI, like I saw you made one yesterday or the other day with the Superman thing, like even the voices right now that you can, you can make, I don't know if you shared that or created it, but, uh, the voices you can make using AI right now, like there's still, it's very hard to add inflection 
an emotion just to that alone, much less having a, a talking head behind it and all that. I, I, we're further out than we think we are. See, I, I don't know. I kind of like to, to push back on that with ChatGPT, you can actually add plugins to ChatGPT. It'll scan the crypto news. It'll scan all social media platforms and it'll give you like the most up-to-date like news. And if you so choose, you can actually go in and like, you know, create uh, a paragraph or maybe a blog or something like that, uh, perhaps. But uh, I don't know, like, I think the next iteration of the chat GPT model could be a, a, in a monumental improvement of, on chat GPT 4.5 even. So um, I think that just based on what OpenAI was saying in their latest blog about, or one of their latest blogs about super intelligence, they're, they're predicting it could be here within this decade. They, they think they, they go on to say people think super intelligence is far off, but uh, they're predicting that it will be here within the decade and they're having to go and rethink what they're doing and actually create what's called a like an AI custodian or AI. Um, basically, it's like an assistant that helps the super intelligence because humans don't have the capability to always provide input probably 24-7. So it's kind of like a guardrail system to what me and you have talked about on the podcast for a lot is like who's putting these inputs and in, who's helping this AI. So they're what their whole thing is they'll have they're trying to pitch the the idea that they'll need to build out this like assistant AI that will help super intelligence within the next four years. So I don't know. I'm not so sure um just based off on what I've seen and it's an arms race. A- Apple's entering the AI race as well. Um, Elon Musk even uh, entered the AI race and his own company Tesla has an AI called Dojo um, which it's so powerful apparently it took down a grid for a minute um, apparently but I don't know the the future is just so weird um, and it's hard to predict at this point Um, but what's for certain is it's going to change things forever and we're just living with this invention now and we'll have to have all these discussions about this and maybe AI is reading these videos now. Uh, that's the thing that it, it can read videos it, you just click a button. It can download the whole transcript of the video and then bing, bada bing, bada boom. It's an open AI system and it lives in a server. So really it could read videos as well. And uh, you know, Bard already has access to the internet. So there's just a lot of things to things to think about the machine lear- learning process. How fast is that? Um, really compound on itself. You know, processors are going to get smaller, more powerful. There's just so many things going on, and it, it's it's interesting. It, it's like I, I hope that again. I, I always reiterate at the end of the videos or the to- AI topics that um, you know I hope it is more of a utopia than a dystopian you know future. <laughs> yeah, for a kid's sake, man. Uh, yeah. My my advice for anyone wanting to uh, take advantage of all this. Be the first and do it while you can, because I think content's going to be everything's going to be oversaturated once once a lot of this kicks off. Uh, it's already kind of happening through through other means of AI. You know, if you're going to build on this technology, build now. You know, I had a really good idea. I've shared it with Kyle um, that hopefully we're going to execute. Uh, be able to execute the technology while we can. Uh, if you wait, if you wait till it's easy enough for everyone to do it, you're too late. And I think I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of these things. If if you're the first to do it, the first to execute, and that's what you care about, then then do it while you can. But yeah, it's going to happen at a rapid pace. You know what? How else people can take advantage? 
how else guy subscribe to the <laughs> channel here and to the dj dads podcast because you don't want to miss on a future episode that you could miss out on the very future of what could give you a great idea who knows yeah. maybe this helps you think through the process and i'm with you on that too not only just like for people like maybe they're wanting to create an ai product maybe not but like in terms of content creation maybe people out there have been thinking about it um, I think, yeah, I think it's a great time to start now before it gets saturated where people are using all these AI tools and trying to, you know, getting ahead. And I think it's an arms race already to get, um, to the point where, you know, on all these social media apps that you're actually even relevant in the conversation period. Uh, cause I think we'll get to a point where everybody's using all these tools and all competing against for that social attention. Um, and if you don't have it, if you don't have the subscribers, followers, it's going to be yeah. even if you think it's hard now, it's going to be tenfold, 100 fold, 1000 fold with AI running around doing everything. So I, in my opinion, I think like, yeah, if you're wanting to start a channel, you better start now, man, because it's going to get interesting very quickly. And we're, like, even if you're at like one, 2,000, 3,000 subs, that's way big a head start than starting from zero when AI is already full-blown everywhere. So that's kind yeah. of my final thought on it. Same thing with any content, even like on Twitter, like for like, for or on X now, it's officially rebranded, you know. Uh, there's going to be accounts ran. I made an account like last year that was ran by AI on Twitter. Uh, I didn't really like keep on doing it because it was not automated at all. I would have to prompt everything, but eventually it's going to get to the point where you don't have to prompt and you can kind of automate it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to take over. So might as well try to build now. And uh, the best thing I think we could do as creators is stay true to ourselves. And that goes back to the argument I take on this podcast time and time again is you really can't replicate humans in the aspect of like relating to other humans. So like if you build a brand for yourself where people can relate to that, then I think that's going to stand true and stand out at the end of the day. And that's something that AI is not going to be able to replicate in our well, lifetime that they can't replicate like just simple things like if i was to open this hro pack and then rip a super super rare card open like it's not going to replicate that anytime soon and if it did it would probably get shut down by the big companies for trying to replicate like you know fake stuff or whatever yeah. um yeah there's like these things to think through as well it's like how are they going to moderate that like i don't know i'm not i'm not the genius going to be solving that solution but uh, these are just interesting things to think about is like Dude, on a smaller level. You got to watch Jonah's awful before our next podcast episode. And then at the end of the next episode, we can talk about it. You got to watch it. All right. I will, will do man. Uh, is there any final thoughts? Oh, that was a lot. Let me see if we missed anything on, uh, on topics. Uh, let's see. So far Nothing. it's been, a pretty solid podcast, man. And again, we're working yeah. on uploading. It's just me and Chris, like doing our uploads here, uh, building the website. Like we're putting all these podcasts out on all the the audio apps out there. Um, so again, it is taking some time. So bear with us. Um, we'll, we'll try not to soon too much, but we are giving you updates on the progress. I think there's like 10, 11 episodes already uploaded. And we're going to do all the uploads until we're finally caught up to our current one. And uh, we'll be good on that. And then, of course, updating the website. Uh, we are moving quicker, I think, than than some NFT projects in the space uh, that we know about. But other than that, um, yeah, like the video if you like the video. Hey, oh, yeah, I had somebody on Twitter ask uh, if they could find us on any other platforms. I thought that was kind of cool because they, they found my, uh, my, 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 right now, our last episode is pinned on my, not just highlighted, but pinned on my profile. And I, I guess they saw that. that. 
Yeah, I need to get involved with that more often and figure that out a little bit more. But I do like that feature, and I'm excited for Twitter, which you should subscribe to us over on Twitter, which I think they're going to call followers and subscribers viewers now or mm. something like that. So uh, that's kind of a cool thing. I, I like that like because viewer sounds more less demeaning. I, I feel like follower, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't like that. Uh, so I do like the the terminology change in terms of that, like – uh, for a viewer, if you want to be a viewer, you can go over to our Twitter accounts at Kyle Wilson over on Twitter and Chris. E- what, what's your what's your handle nowadays? It's still Chris Coffee Eth. I'm thinking Chris about Coffee changing Eth. it. Okay, yeah, it's a lot of E's, so I'm thinking about changing it. Like Coffee and Eth together is like E E E. I don't really like that. Chris Coffee Eth. I don't know. Yeah. It's not too bad, but uh, I I simplified mine because I feel like you know just my name is just like pretty easy to find that's the only reason but it is cool because you can go x.com forward slash kyle wilson or slash mm-hmm. chris coffee.eth and it pulls us right up it's much shorter than typing in twitter i will so say that's I was, all we got oh, go, ahead, oh, go, ahead, go ahead i was gonna say i was making a twitter list today of like accounts that like are highly engaged that are nft influential and uh some some people had to skip over because their handles were too difficult like uh because i, I made i made a list of 250 accounts um of, the, of some of the top most influential accounts and like if they had like an A, a random O, I don't know, like they had a really hard to type username and it wasn't popping up. It's like, I ah, screw it, I'm going on the next one. So exactly. See, see, you gotta think that through. But uh that's all we got for this one. We drop golden nuggets everywhere, you know, and we hope that this is an exciting episode for you. Share it out with a friend. You know, you never know. Somebody might want to listen to this podcast. Maybe we helped you, maybe we gave you some insight, maybe we maybe we made you just think and maybe you could help us share this podcast out because it really does help. And we're trying to break through the algorithm. So whatever you're listening to this on, save it, like it, share it. We'd appreciate it if you enjoyed the content. With that being said, that's all we got for this one. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Be like a collectible, be like an NFT, be authentic, and we'll catch you guys later on your episode or your your channel next time on YouTube. So we'll be over there on the next one. Peace.